Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us here on the Next Level Brands Podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of online and in-person courses for workshops for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you're selling on a regional basis at farmer's markets or just online, and you want to expand your retail distribution, then you should check out the courses and webinars from Kitchen to Shelf. Want to learn more about distributors, co-packers? Kitchen to Shelf can help you learn what you need to know to grow. More details at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com. Hi, I'm Steve Clear. My guest today on the program is Sue K. Cook. She is the founder and CEO of Cookies. Better for you, grab and grow cookies for a busy and active lifestyle. Sue carefully crafted her plant-based cookies after she observed her daughter and her cycling teammates were stopping at Dunkin' and Donuts before and after the races. So her simple mission was to pack the nutrition of an energy bar with the deliciousness and comfort of a cookie, and that's why she calls it a cookie reimagined. As a former YMCA camp counselor, Sue credits some of her cooking skills to summers of cooking over open campfires. She's also a two-time Pillsbury Bake Off finalist in other recipe contests, such as Newman's Own, Post Selects, Cooking Light, among others. Welcome to the program, Sue. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, uh, you know, I, I have to say right, right up front that um, you were very nice to send some samples to me, and my wife and I have tried them, and they are absolutely incredible. I was just going to say that, so I'll get that out of the way. That's um, It was very nice, and I, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting something that was as much like a cookie as you, you, you know, you had d- described it as described on the website and stuff. So it was like, uh, okay, um, I'm not missing anything out of here. This is really good. And I could throw two or three of these in a backpack out on the, whatever. I, I certainly could do that. But um, the point of this is, is that you made something that like people, your daughter, your daughter's friends or whatever would make rather than again stopping off getting donuts and, and coffee or whatever uh how did how did that all come about so it was it was just your observation or were they saying hey mom we're, we're not getting good stuff out here we need something else yeah it was a, it was a little bit of everything um when when she started competing uh, as a collegiate cyclist um you know, just as the typical mom, I asked, well, what are you guys having for breakfast before your races? And she said, well, we usually stop at Dunkin' Donuts. And I thought, gosh, is that really the best fuel for your body right before you're going to race? And um, it was just really more of what what I call a typical caring mom of, I thought, well, I'm going to send her some cookies. Everybody loves cookies, right? And I know that I can make uh, a more nutritious cookie. So I basically took uh, an, an oatmeal cookie recipe that my mother had. I took out some of the sugar. I you know, replaced some of the flour with whole sure. flour. I added nuts. I added seeds. You know, just pretty much anything that I thought was better for you functional ingredients, something that would uh, satisfy their hunger and sustain their energy. Um, and, and cookies just seemed to be the, 
the right thing. You know, it, it feels good to give cookies. It was a much better choice for me than, you know, brownies don't necessarily pack or travel well. And, and so it, it just was one of those things I sent along. And next thing you know, next week it is, hey, mom, can you send us more cookies? And, um, you know, I like uh, creating recipes. And, and so, so that was kind of the beginning. And um, it just evolved after she graduated. We uh, started to uh, host cyclists. Uh, there, there was a local race that came to Minnesota and we, we were hosting cycling teams. And so, of course, I baked plenty of my breakfast cookies for the cyclists. Of course. Um, some of them were following gluten-free and vegan diets. So I was really challenged to create a version that they could eat, but yet still have that cookie experience. Um, they, they were big hits. So, um, you know, I started uh, baking a little bit more of them, but, but I started reading the labels of the, the vegan margarine and the powdered egg replacement and the gluten-free flour mix and realized ah, this really isn't the direction I wanted to go. They were big, long ingredient lists and wasn't really sure that um, it, it was providing that extra nutrition that I had really set out to be. Um, and I really wanted it to be healthy calories, not empty ones. So I just eliminated the flour and what we called bad stuff at the time and <laughs> replaced it with just simple ingredients, oats, nuts, chia seeds, antioxidant rich dried fruits uh, to make it as clean label and, and to still give you that uh, delicious cookie experience. So Sue, so you, you're obviously a baker, accomplished baker. So when you when you're looking at that, you 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 probably made cookies before with the other ingredients uh, and stuff. Do you look at it first and go, okay, flour um, bad or you know flour we want to do gluten free? Whatever. Do you say, okay, so here's my list of substitutes I think I can do, and you try them, or how how do you go through the recipe? Because baking to me is always much more of a formula than cooking. I cook, I don't bake. Right. But if I put in a little extra salt, or yeah, that's not a real big deal. Baking. I understand you've got to get it right. So how did you go about through that process of like coming up with the first recipes? Yeah. And, and that's interesting too, because I would always uh, say that I was a good cook and not a good baker because I, I don't follow recipes. I don't follow patterns. I don't, that that's kind of not my style. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of um, some experimentation. I, I was really lucky. Um, a lot of my recipe creations come from, okay, I don't have enough oats for <laughs> what the recipe calls for. What else might be similar? Well, maybe I'll grind some nuts instead. Um, and, and, and so some of those things is what really uh, led to the recipe that it is today is, you know, there's certainly there was failures in, in the recipe in between oh, sure. time, but what the real awakening moment was, was when a lot of these cyclists that 
had kind of requested the, 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 the vegan cookie or the gluten-free cookie. Um, you know, they, they were very happy that I'd done that, but there was a whole group that was just eating normal and they started eating up all of the, the special gluten-free or, or vegan cookies. And I, you know, at first I got a little bit mad because I thought, well, you know, I had to, I had to do this special recipe just for these people. And now you're eating their special cookies. But it was that eye opener of, wow, you know, it would be a whole lot easier on me if I only had to bake one recipe, not three. And um, I didn't have to label everything separate because, you know, a couple of them had, they were actual food allergies. So we had to worry about that cross-contamination. Uh, and wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't it be great to just have one recipe that met all of these different diets and, but yet could be enjoyed by anyone regardless of the diet that you were following. So that's kind of how it evolved into the cookie it is today. So, so you start out with this, this audience um, and uh, obviously a good, a good testing ground. How does that lead to creating a brand and making them commercially available? Yeah, well, um, so it was uh, just, we, we, we started the, the business uh, in a little bit of a, untraditional manner. Um, we never sold at farmers markets or worked out of a commercial kitchen. Uh, this hosting of cyclists gave us uh, feedback and they were really our focus group. So we, we felt that we had a product that uh, was, was ready for market, but I, I knew I didn't want to do the commercial kitchen. I, I like the recipe creation and the joy of sharing good food, but I really don't like doing dishes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I told my husband, if we were going to pursue this as a business, we need to find someone else to produce the cookies first. And, you know, that took a while. Um, we eventually found a local baker that was willing to hand scoop and bake the cookies. We put them in a plastic film, heat sealed them by hand and put a label on them. Um, so, you know, now we have this individual grab and go cookie ready for the marketplace, but um, we, we started small, a few local food co-ops and coffee shops, but the packaging wasn't very user-friendly. Uh, even though it was this grab and go, you know, it was this individually packaged right. cookie, you needed a scissors to cut it open. And in my <laughs> mind, that didn't qualify as this convenient grab and go cookie for active lifestyles because you, you needed a scissor to cut it. You open. need scissors. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've, you know, if we wanted to pursue this cookie, this in the better for you snack category, we needed to find a co-packer with the flow wrap machine. And that was a challenge. Um, not all bakeries have a flow wrap machine or a cookie depositor that could drop round shapes. And, and, and Sue, sorry, sorry to ask, but can you explain for folks in the audience what a flow wrap is and what it does? 
Yeah. So a flow wrap machine, uh, you know, think of any of your um, box granola bars or nutrition bars. It is, it's that film that gets wrapped around the, the cookie or the bar and, and seals it. And right. so that's what makes it a, a safe serving product, preserves the freshness, you know, makes it easy to throw in your backpack, your lunchbox. And, you know, usually has these little serrated edges that you just kind of quick tear and boom, there you, you have you your got problem. It. Okay. But it's an expensive machine. And yeah. as I say, not uh, not many people have these flow wrap machines unless they were set up to produce nutrition bars. And those facilities could really only extrude a rectangular bar or a square. <laughs> they right. That's not a cookie. Yeah. Right. Or they didn't have the ovens. So it was it it was a challenge. We had lots of people say to us, "Well, oh, we can make this for you, Sue, but you got to change the shape to a rectangle." And I was like, "Oh, gee, you know that that just didn't feel right. This the cookies was going to be a round shape. It was something different. Um, the market was already saturated with, you know, nutrition and granola bars. Sure. Um, so." But we, we eventually found a, a command that met our needs. Um, and so being different had a different set of challenges on the retail side as well. A lot of the grocery buyers didn't know where to put <coughs> individually wrapped healthy cookie. Um, right. Because you, you, the first thought is if we're going to put you in right next to Oreos. Don't worry. And it's right. like, no, that's not how this, that's not how this works. So, right. You know, do we yeah. go in the cookie aisle? Is it in, in the nutrition bar set or the, the gluten-free or vegan specialty diet, the deli, the bakery? Um, so it, it, it really. Um, and, and you were selling at the food service level too. So you were selling to coffee shops and stuff. Why did yeah, you, de- so, why'd you but, decide to go more conventional retail? And did you continue well, with, with coffee shops too? Yeah, actually, um, my vision had always been more of the the specialty retail, the, the coffee shops, you know, right? That, oh, there's all these great national brands uh, or national chains of coffee shops that um, have a lot of high calorie muffins and cookies yes. and pastries in them. And so I'd always thought that that was a good place for us, but we, we kind of, everybody that we met kept on steering us into grocery <laughs> or, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd meet somebody at a, a festival and they'd say, well, you know, I'm a buyer for the local food co-op. I think this would be a really good fit. And so of course we, we didn't say no. And um, we, so we started off in, in some of the uh, smaller food co-ops and coffee shops, but it really wasn't until we started growing past that individual um, food co-op style that we began to understand the challenge of being right. an individual cookie in the grocery in, in a, whether it's conventional or nat, natural grocery. 
Um, so then that's when we started to re-explore the, the food service side of, you know, college campus dining and corporate dining and, you know, ski resorts and, you know, all those places where you, you really kind of need to have more of a grab and go item. And then you got introduced to the world of, of display ready cases, right? For, for your single items. Yes. To put them in the store, which, yes. you know, works out. So, and, and Sue, at the, at the, at the co-op kind of food level and stuff, we, we, we know that those guys, you know, fall in love with products and whatever. And they're a little bit more, um, how should we say flexible in their approach versus going to a, a cub or to a Meyer or, you know, someone like that. So did you guys think about how you were going to attack that in, and still get the cookies in distribution? Uh, yes, and we did explore some of that. And a lot of it really was um, more of our messaging. You know, we th th there were some local grocery stores that we thought we were a perfect fit for, but we just had trouble getting into them. There, there was, well, you know, that, well, we don't know where to put you. Um, and we, we started to understand, well, if the store doesn't know where to put us, we need to listen to that and say, maybe then their demographics, their customer, maybe this really isn't the right fit for our brand. Right. They might. Yeah. Yep. Totally. And um, the, some stores, um, if, if, they, if they had several stores or several locations, one store we might be in the gluten-free cookie section. And in another uh, store location, we would then be in the deli. And it was really very confusing for the consumer that might shop both stores to, to find our product. Sure. Yep. So that, 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 that was a real learning experience for us in, in helping us understand, you know, we, we really need to put more energy into more of the, 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 the different channels where if you're at a ski resort, there are, you know, you're, you're in the cafeteria, there's going to be six or eight curated items and they're all going to be together you don't have to look for it you can right. and and so th that has worked out really well um so one of the things uh, is i don't want anybody in the audience to think i was stuttering in the beginning they are called ka cookies which is k-a-k-o-o-k-i-e-s which is great um uh what's the uh the website so where they can find more information about it and it's basically the same thing, uh, okay. com, and that's spelled K-A-K-O-O-K-I-E-S. Excellent. And you can find out a lot more information about that and the flavors and stuff as well, because that's great. We want them to do that. Um, I was also going to ask you about how, obviously, if you've got some, some feet in food service and some feed in retail, whatever, how has the pandemic affected the business? Yeah. Um, it's, it's um, that that's interesting for us as well. Um, 
you know, the college in corporate sales went way down, of course, because they sure. were all shut down. Yep. Our grocery sales uh, are down because, you know, a grab and go product in this environment isn't a real hot item. Uh, people are changed their uh, grocery purchasing habits. Um, but our e-com is up. You know, we're available on Amazon and our own website, a couple other platforms as well. Um, but we, we also discovered that, you know, cons when, when something like this happens and, and affects a lot of people, the consumers are more likely to, to support local and small businesses and mm -hmm. women-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that part has been amazing. It really has. Um, and then, you know, the, the gifting part of it which was, you know, it was something that was uh, what I felt was always part of our story, you know, sending cookies, but it's a better for you cookie that you can feel about giving or receiving. And uh, th that really picked up. Uh, people were sending treats, uh, recognizing their healthcare and community heroes with healthy treats, you know, they uh, something to... Sure. Uh, fuel their body and feed the soul. So um, we were really fortunate that we really were in all of these different channels so that when the food service side wasn't doing well and we were already established uh, on e-commerce that, you know, it, it's balanced things out. You know, it could be better than, um, you know, we've had our challenges, but um, I'm just so thankful that we were not strictly a grocery product or strictly food service. Yeah, di di being diversified when this hit was huge for, I mean, a lot of people in CPG and, and emerging brands. And some people were... Uh, you know, maybe not as enthusiastic about e-commerce, but they did it. And, and, and all of a sudden, as you found, same thing is it's like, uh Oh, now it just is going like, you know, it's going like gangbusters and we got to, we got to figure that out. And, and now all of a sudden my, my website's kind of lit up because it got people, you know, coming for it. It, it will be interesting to see how many of the, the shopping habits um, stick after the pandemic recedes. And one of the things that I've been reading about is the fact that for particularly for products that are just say more of a personal taste, or I found this product through discovery or whatever, whatever it is that, you know, even if those become or are available in that local shop or store, if they've bought it online during the pandemic, their tendency is they're going to continue to buy it online. That's what they're thinking. That it's going to, you know, they're actually going to walk by it in the store and go, oh, there it is. You know, unless it was like a huge price disparity or something, which then that, that's different. But basically a lot of this stuff is, you know, we've been going through this now for months and we've developed some new habits and those habits, a lot of them are probably going to stay with us. So, um, but it'll also be fun to see, and I, I can't wait to see that food service thing start to come back because I know some of the larger corporations are beginning to call people back in. Some are not going to do anything until the summer, 
but food service will make a profound change as well. I think in the fact that better for you is going to be a much more important part of that mix. Going yes. Forward. And, and the fact that, um, especially with our cookie, because it, you know, what we struggled with in the very beginning was to keep this as a single serve grab and go cookie, you know, to, to make it convenient for uh, the, the food service uh, outlet, uh, if, if they wanted to have a gluten-free or vegan option, it, 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 it's an easy product to carry as opposed to a lot of uh, in-house kitchens can't produce a certified gluten-free cookie without right, right. cross-contamination. So it was um, the... There, there has been more recognition, recognition for our brand because of that. And I think, um, you know, because the, they might be short on staff, they've, they've now um, transitioned to more takeout and, and need to have that speed of service, a lot of different things that we sometimes struggled with in in getting placement because somebody might say oh well we you know we we can do it cheaper ourselves but now that understanding of yeah we really do want to have a prepackaged product that you know is safe serve um that right can, can quickly yep. serve and and so i think that 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 healthy grab and go market is going to take off a little bit more now um Sue, can you share with us any um, little secrets about negotiating with co-manufacturers? Because it's, it's one of the areas that stymies many emerging brand entrepreneurs. And, and you kind of just went that route. Most people get forced into that route, right? By production limitations. They, they run out of hours at the commercial kitchen or they're just like, oh, if I have one more order, I'm not going to be able to fill it. But how did you talk to the co-manufacturers to, I mean, assuming that you weren't going in and buying a hundred thousand units, right. How'd you convince them to, to take the shot with you? Well, um, we, we have gone through a few different series of, uh, you know, different commands. Um, and I, I think, you know, the, the first one, they, they did believe in us. They liked our story and we happened to approach them at a time where they were not running at full capacity. Uh -huh. So they thought, okay, we, we, you know, we'll try this. And this could be somebody that we work with to, you know, fill in some downtime. Um, and so really, really grateful for that. But we, st it, the, their minimum runs were still higher than what we had sales for. Right. So um, we decided we're going to freeze our cookies. Um, so after production, after they they are wrapped and and boxed and everything, we keep them in frozen storage. Um, we started off doing that. At, more out of necessity because it's like, how are we ever going sure. to launch this business? And if we have to have 
a production run of so many cookies, but we don't have those sales. Well, we can just freeze them and then, okay, that solves a problem for when we get the sale. But we learned that that also extends our shelf life. So, um, right, which is very important, particularly with a no preservatives, clean label, vegan, you know, it right. is, that is one of the challenges is okay but we have to make this stuff be able to last through the process of getting it to the stores and getting it to the consumer and maybe the consumer let it sit in their house for a while, you know? Right. So that's, that's a great, great thing. It could, that, um, yeah, that it could freeze and, and, and do that. That's one of the ways to, to challenge it for sure. Um, as you look down the road, Sue, what, what do you, I mean, you grow in the business, obviously the core business that you have, are you looking at anything else that, is interesting or, or something that you came up with because somebody else said, Hey, you can bake this. Can you do this? Oh, we've always have a series of flavors and um, new innovations. Um, but we, we, it, it, we're, we're taking that slowly. And of course the pandemic has, um, yes had us rethink a few things, um, some holding a few things back and, and others um, were trying to accelerate on. But, you know, we, we do just kind of, we have to refocus now and then. We, we might get interested about a particular opportunity and you know, spend a lot of time, you know, thinking about going in one direction and then we realize you know what are our what is our core brand about and it, it's you know this it's a better for you grab and go cookie that will satisfy your hunger sustain your energy a cookie that you can feel good about eating anytime whether it's a a uh, snack for, for kids or travel snack. We actually did uh, early on uh, develop a smart snack cookie. Ah. And, and that, that's for the uh, K-12, uh, that's a K-12 language, uh, a cookie that um, has the nutrition that that meets the school guidelines it's got to be so many calories you uh, know, yeah, a yeah. percent of sugar and fat and so we we had developed a cookie for that but then uh we we just realized gosh that that that's a whole nother distribution system it's uh, um we had to compromise a little bit on some of our values uh, our, the majority of our cookie, uh, where we rely a lot on nuts for the nutrition, which, and, yes. yep. which is high in saturated fat. Right. And so that high fat saturation disqualified a lot of the, um, uh, us, you know, to, to be in the schools, plus a lot of schools don't have nuts. So, you know, we, we kind of made some right. compromises and we just decided, you know, at this time, that's not where we're going to focus. We're going to go back to just, you know, we, we want to have uh, an option for some of your overprocessed snack bars. Because you know, sometimes you just want to eat a cookie. So That's right. Sometimes I just want a cookie and, and a good tasting one at that. Um, as you look into 2021, um, I think we're all about ready to be done with, with 2020. Um, 
because of the shift a little bit in direct to consumer, your website sales, Amazon versus retail, how do you look at your marketing spending, your marketing push or whatever going forward? Do you allocate it by kind of where things are now? Or are you looking at, okay, we think there's going to be a re- somewhat of a return to normal and we need to, you know, put it in this channel or that channel? How do you, how do you look at that? Yeah. Um, well, we used to do quite a few trade shows and you know, it feels really good not to be doing those trade shows. We used to do a lot of store demos. Uh, it feels really good to, to get that time back of, of not doing that. Um, you know, we're, so it is readjusting, you know, store demos gives you a lot of opportunities to, to get your product into the hands of, of your consumers. So there, there's kind of some pros and cons to that. Yeah. But, but what we've found um, with our product is, you know, definitely we're, we're so glad that we always prioritized our e-commerce and what we felt one of our successes was the uh, opportunity for if, if you were discovered our, our cookie at the airport and you bought a cookie at the airport, you're not going to go back to the airport to buy our cookie. You now go to the website to buy our cookie, but right. they're, um, you don't, you can't just buy a single cookie. You have to buy it by the dozen. Or if you maybe were vacationing somewhere and you first experienced our cookie at one of the state parks, um, and now you're back home and you're shopping at Whole Foods, you go, oh yeah, I had that cookie. Now I know where to buy it. So um, we hope that um that will continue, um, but there, there's no question that um, e- expanding that e-commerce and the digital marketing is really going to help. Well, one of the things that that e-commerce has done so well has been it, just if you don't look at it being its own its own revenue stream look at it as an incredible sampling and discovery vehicle that, oh, by the way, you're selling on, right? So as you pointed out, you get people who they're somewhere else, they're in some other channel online, in a cookie shop, in an airport or whatever, they sample the product, literally what they're doing, and then go, oh, I got to go find this either online or, or, or I find it at my, at my store. And I think that's going to benefit a lot of brands going forward, yeah. you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, the other great thing is that the change aspect, which is if, if you're clearly well-developed within retail, you don't go changing a lot of things quickly because it's very expensive to, to get those lessons. Whereas, you know, on Amazon and on your website, if you want to do a seasonal, you know, you want to try a seasonal pumpkin spice or whatever, you can do it. And it doesn't cost a whole lot of money. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't cost a whole lot of money. Right. Uh, and, and you can, you know, you can learn. But, um, but yeah, you try to do that at the retail level, obviously it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work out nearly as, as well. So, uh, I, I think probably, uh, you know, again, the only thing we can't get across the, the sampling, lack of sampling, the only thing we can't get across is the taste, obviously that's, you know, that's a big thing. 
And I think most of the retailers have been pretty, pretty much, I think everybody except Costco at this point and Costco is still looking at, you know, well, can't you give it to us in a single serve package? And they know darn well that for a lot of, you know, it, you know, not with cookies necessarily, but with other brands is that it costs just as much to make that single serve pack as it does the full pack. So we might as well just be giving away full packs and, you know, and not, not worry about it. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I think those days of pouring stuff into little cups or breaking stuff into pieces is gone. That's just not, you know, not going to come back anytime soon. Yeah. Um, if, if uh, so I wanted to ask too about, so, are you still working with bicyclists? Um, not directly. <laughs> um, what we discovered from that experience, you know, was, okay, that, that was kind of the, um, the idea behind cookies was, you know, the, this cookie that you could throw in your back jersey pocket, um, something that had a, a, a different appeal than some of the goos and, and whatnot. Um, but as, as we were growing the brand, we realized, you know, athletes and cyclists, there, 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 there's more, uh, for us to reach out to that, you know, there's a lot of moms out there looking for healthy after school snacks or kids that have dairy and egg allergies. And, um, th that, that was kind of, of a surprise to us. You know, we, we had this vision that this is for cyclists or for athletes, but, um, it, it is much, so much more than that, um, be, because, we, we all lead busy lifestyles. Um, we sure. don't all have time to plan ahead. And, and we're put in a position where all of a sudden you're hungry and gosh, what do I have to eat? And, and that's where we really want um, cookies is to um, be that grab and go energy snack for when you need it. And, and of course, the, the bar category, Cliff Bar was started by bicycling too, bicycle racing, but it was the idea was the same thing is to have the nutrition and have the energy and available in some form that I can carry with me on my person while I'm on the bike. Yep. And, and so one of our challenges really has been is to, um, really, uh, you know, and, and, and this was part of your um, question about, you know, sampling and demoing. We, we used to rely on just having people taste the product and then, then we know we're going to make that sale. But now we're relying more on our messaging. And, you know, sometimes we have to change that message up. You know, our, our cookies are plant-based, they're gluten-free, they're dairy-free, they're soy-free, they're egg-free, they're vegan. And somebody hears that and they go, ooh, you know. Um, so, you know, we've had to learn to, to refine that message to make it sound appealing and to to convince people that, yeah, you, you, you can um, indulge or, or feel like you're indulging, but um, you're feeling good about it. And, and, and I'll be the first to admit, I, I, um, I try a lot of different stuff because it's my business, number one. Number two is I have people who want me to try stuff. 
And when somebody goes through the list of, oh, it's gluten-free, it's da-da-da-da, vegan, dairy-free, I admit there's a little trepidation when I go to open the package going, oh, boy. Um, you know, uh, and, 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 but the cookies took care of that. That was, it, it was amazing. I was just uh, blown away uh, by that. It, I, I, again, normally it's like something is like, okay, this is good. And this is a good substitute for, um, but I've had some things, cookies among them, some other things that fall into that category of, I would eat this, um, you know, I would eat this normal. I would just go pick this up not trying to avoid gluten, not trying to avoid dairy. And goodness knows if you have to avoid any of those things, you've got to look for the better stuff that's available. And you guys have done such a good job at that. It's, it's been amazing. So hats off because that's okay. not an easy trick. I'm not glad to hear to that. Thank you. you know, because I fix everything I cook with butter. So, you know, butter and bacon fat will make anything taste good. <laughs> you can work it out. So Sue, Hey, um, uh, I wanted to ask you, we, we try to, um, we try to get our guests um, to pass along, obviously, their wisdom and part of their experience to fellow entrepreneurs. Um, if you had to single out sort of one of the biggest challenges or one critical inflection point or whatever in building cookies, uh, what would it be and, and how did you get through it? Well, um, I think we already kind of touched a little bit on, you know, getting that messaging of, you know, some people, you, you, all of a sudden you say healthy cookie and they say, well, cookies shouldn't be healthy. I want them, you know, indulgent. Um, but I guess, you know, early on, we, we, we listened to a lot of people or a, I'll, I'll take that back. A lot of people want to give you advice uh, yes. and um, whether they have experience or not, you know, everybody wants to give you advice. And I, I guess there, there were times when we listened to advice, um, maybe from some of the wrong people. Um, and, but, and we kind of felt like it was, um, not our, our gut instincts. So uh, as, as we have grown as entrepreneurs, we've learned to, to listen to all advice, but not necessarily follow all the advice. Right. Um, you know, because you, you learn a lot of things when, when, when you listen. And whether it's um, how to... To, to be good at something or how not to, to, or, or do something. Um, so we, we just really learn how to, to, to listen well and to think of, is, is this really appropriate for us? Um, does it um, follow our, our values, um, you know, a lot of different things. So it, it, it kind of took us a while to, to feel comfortable right. to, to make those uh, judgments ourselves. Right. And, and do it. It's, um, it, it's one of the things I think there are, um, you know, founders who have a you know, passion and an idea um, and we approach that, but the business, the food, beverage, even supplements and health 
you know, health and beauty in CPG is so vast in industry in terms of logistics, distribution, production, regulatory, whatever, that, um, you know, you have to work with, with other people and rely upon them, but you also have to remember that you, it's your idea, it's your brand and right. And you, you, you gotta not only get the message out there, but you gotta stick with the message you have. Yep. Yeah, this is very good. Well, thanks, Sue. Sue really appreciate you being on the program and talking about cookies and folks. That's K A K O O K I E S, and you can get more information on them at the at the website. And uh, we'll also have a link and stuff in our our mailing as well. But uh, appreciate it, Sue. Thank you so much. Well, I really appreciate it too, and thank you very much for letting me tell my story. You bet. And I also want to thank all the rest of you for joining us today on the Next Level Brands podcast. We were brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational resource for CPG entrepreneurs and emerging brands. Kitchen to Shelf is also the home of To Do Tuesday, a weekly short reach out hosted by K2S founder, Deborah Armstrong. Every Tuesday, she outlines a simple to do that will help you accomplish larger goals in your business. So if you need some weekly accountability, try To Do Tuesdays from Kitchen to Shelf, available on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com. This is Steve Clear. Thanks, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands Podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at next with two X's, levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.